whenever we talk about diseases, it's pretty clear that there's a big difference between the symptoms caused by the disease and the actual disease itself. So if you're sneezing, really sneezing is not the problem. The real problem is that you either have a virus or an allergy. You can spend as much time as you want trying to block your nose or fill your nose up so that it doesn't sneeze, but really that's not going to solve the deeper problem. In many respects, sin is the same thing. Sin is a symptom of a deeper disease. And you can spend a whole lot of energy fighting against temptation, trying to stop the desires, trying to avoid the occasion of sin. But fundamentally, that's not curing the deep problem. It's only when you can start to identify the real source of the whole issue and somehow cure that, that's when you find all the symptoms disappear as well. In the spiritual life, we very often are given good advice about how to deal with symptoms, how to deal with the moments of temptation. And, and these, are, these are bits of advice that are definitely worth following. But sadly, we often forget the thing that so many of the great doctors of the church have been saying to us, which is that this constant fight against the symptoms is useless unless we address the real problem. That fundamentally, the human heart is driven to sin because it's starving. It's starving for love. We were made for love. Love is, love is the very life of the soul. It's when we are lacking in love, that's when we find ourselves turning to lust. That's when we find ourselves getting jealous because other people are being loved more than we are. That's when we find ourselves turning to greed because we think that if only I can have this, that'll fill the emptiness which was caused by a lack of love. Name the sin, whatever it is. Fundamentally, it always comes back to the same thing. There is a deep, gaping hole inside of our hearts. And that's the thing which Christ came to fill. Yes, he did come to give us commandments. He did, he did show us how to not hurt ourselves with these destructive behaviours. But fundamentally, he came to reveal to us that we are loved, that we have a God who is a loving Father and a God who wants to pour that love into our hearts through the grace of the Holy Spirit. So if you can devote yourself to simply being loved, you'll start to find that the symptoms, the, the, the daily small sins start to disappear. And even the very big things that, that dominate you, that have maybe been very destructive in your marriage, in your, in your workplace relationships, these things too will start to lose something of their power. So where do we begin? If we want to try to fill the emptiness, the first thing I think is to recognize that we are hungry. Because if you've ever gone without food for a while, you probably realize that you know the first day or so you actually feel hungry, but after that you just feel weak. The hunger pangs are no longer there. And maybe our human hearts are the same. You know, we, we have certain moments when we feel this very, you know, sharply. But a lot of the time, we just feel like we haven't got the strength 
to love other people. We haven't got the strength to be as good as we'd like to be. If a person was denied of all food, it's very clear that they would die. And they'd die, you know, within a few weeks. But if a person was only fed maybe 75% of what they needed, the effects would be a little bit more subtle. They would be malnourished. Maybe they wouldn't grow to their full potential. Maybe intellectually they might be stunted. You know, they, they would simply be lacking in certain nutrients, which would constantly affect their health. In a similar way, if the human heart receives a bit of love, but just not as much love as it needs, we almost become spiritually malnourished. And, and that's where maybe we become a bit emotionally stunted. Maybe that's where, you know, psychologically we are always on edge. We're always defending ourselves, always expecting to be attacked. You see, the, the, the side effects of being deprived of love can be quite subtle, and yet they can be damaging for the whole of our life. So, very quickly to try and explain to you, how do you receive love? If you were to ask the average person on the street how they know they're loved, you'll get nine times out of ten the same answer. You know you're loved because you feel it. And this is the real problem, because all of us are walking around the world looking for a feeling. And particularly when we go to God, we're wanting God to love us so that we feel loved. But somehow we never quite get what we're looking for. And maybe this is why in the temptation to sin, people start looking for stronger and stronger experiences, more and more addictive behaviors, just so they can feel something. But let's go right back to the beginning. See, no one has ever seen love. Love doesn't have a color. It doesn't have a shape. No one's ever extracted its pure essence in a test tube. In fact, science has never really proven its existence. Love can only be communicated symbolically. A bunch of flowers, a cup of tea, an embrace, a box of chocolates. All of these things are symbols to try and express a message which you want to communicate. So if you want to be loved, you need to start to be consciously aware of the symbols. What are people doing to show you their love? Opening a door, letting you in in traffic, simply saying good morning. All of these things are messages of love. Now, the symbol always communicates a message. So you need to start to firstly see the symbol. You know, giving a bunch of flowers to a blind person doesn't do anything unless you describe it to them. So if you're blind, if you're not looking actively to see these symbols, you're never going to receive anything. So walk through the world with your eyes wide open. But then you've got to actually engage your brain. What is being communicated? Even if it's the stranger nodding at you and smiling as you walk past, what are they communicating? You know, if someone gives you a gift, if someone wants to spend time with you, what's the message? You're loved, you're valuable, you have dignity. They want to spend time with you. They see you as being deeply valued. 
That's the message hidden within the symbol. The third thing you then need to do is you need to make a conscious decision to receive it. Can you receive the message? Now, this, this is the difficult point. This is the point where everything has to happen because there are a lot of times when you don't want to receive the message. If a stranger walked up to you and gave you a gift, you'd be suspicious. Who is this person? Can I trust them? Are they trying to manipulate me? Is this some sort of scam? The defenses come straight up. Or maybe this is a person that you just don't trust because they've hurt you many years ago. There are so many reasons why we would, you know, just say, I'm not going to receive this message. I don't trust what they're saying. Or maybe it's something deeper. I don't think I'm worthy. I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't want to spend time with myself, so I don't see why you would want to spend time with me. I don't value myself, so I don't see why you value me. And so I'm going to listen to the lie which I have believed for years rather than listen to the truth spoken by this person. It's only when I make a decision to receive, that's when I can actually feel. Now, if you go back and think over your last day, how many times have you experienced love? Now, just compare. How many times have you felt loved compared to how many times have people actually loved you? How many symbols of love have been given to you that you were either blind to or you chose not to understand or you just chose not to receive? You see, this is where the healing comes. We have, we've had so much damage done to us throughout, throughout of our lives because we're human and we've grown up in a sinful, broken world that there is this big defensive wall inside of our hearts stopping us from receiving. So how do we break down that wall? It's very simply by consciously meditating on love. And I want to encourage this to you as a method of prayer. Start with something human. We'll talk about how you do this with God in the next episode. But start with something today. Someone gave you a cup of tea. Someone opened a door for you. Someone gave you a gift. Someone gave you an embrace. Just stop and think of the symbol. See it. Understand what they're saying to you. And really try to understand what it is they're saying. Can you believe the message? Can you allow that message to penetrate behind the defensive barrier and actually start to sink in? You're good. You're valued. You are loved in their eyes. They want to spend time with you. You see, that message becomes deeply healing because it defeats all the false beliefs that are inside of us. And very slowly it breaks down that wall, like one brick at a time. And this is where our hearts start to be healed. When we feel loved, this process happens within a millisecond. You know, there are so many times where I say, I just feel loved by this person because you already trust them. You already believe what they want to say to you and you allow the message to sink in. But there are a lot of other times we actually have to do this consciously. 
we need to sit down and actually work through this process and meditate on it until gradually our hearts become softened. So I really want to encourage this to you as a way of healing. See the symbol, understand the message, receive it as being true, and then feel it, enjoy it. If you can do this a couple of times in this next week, just reflecting on normal human behaviors, and then maybe thinking back over family relationships, even relationships where you don't feel loved. Maybe there are so many things you're not seeing. Maybe there are things you're not allowing the message to penetrate. Just allow this to gradually change the way you see the world.